Coming to you from high atop Rattlesnake Mountain in Virginia, this is the Classic Pinball Podcast. My name is George. His name is Dave. Hello. Hello, George. Another location, another podcast. Seems like a bouncing ball across uh, the East Coast. This I got to I gotta do some house cleaning before we get going. Number one, I've got a couple of recordings that I did in the last month. Don't ask me when. I went to a brewery called Maltese down in Fredericksburg. I have a quick blurb on that. We'll include that at some point in time. And I did a recording with Keith Christensen from the Houston Arcade and Pinball Expo. That's happening next month. Unfortunately, my plans have changed. I'm not going this year. Just way too much stuff going on as you can imagine with the move i know everybody's sick of hearing it but i'm actually in my home George, you moved i I didn't know you moved i thought you're still in new hampshire (laughs) yeah well i was i was in new hampshire next week but we'll talk about that in a little bit look let's get right to it because we've been remiss our last handful of shows have been about tournaments and pinball shows and we've kind of gotten away from the essence of the show which is pinball so today maybe not bally's best but one dave owns and one i own we're gonna do a recording on knight rider how's that yes the knight rider it's a fuel injection suicide machine it's a rocker it's a roller it's a knight rider I don't know about that, but Grant it, knows it, that. It, I, I happen to <laughs> like it. People have heard me talk about the game I acquired. I'll wait. Dave, let's just jump right into it. You've been restoring a Knight Rider. I'm looking at it right now. Actually, we're doing a Zoom call, and Dave has uh, put the game on video for me so I can watch him play. So this is a little bit different than we normally do. I'd normally be there with him, playing the game, making comments, but today, I'm 500 miles away. All right. Well, let me just start with the Night Rider. So I've had this game for, oh, I think over three years now. Three years in the restoration queue, a guy from, oh, I believe it's Ohio, somewhere out in Midwest somewhere, he shipped it up to me to restore for him. Actually, this was around the same time that uh, Jaws, the dog, was going after my leg in upstate New York that time, that episode. Remember that one? Yeah, we have a Jaws episode. Okay. I don't know what number it is. Don't make me go look right now. But so we whatever do have that a Jaws was, episode. that was the timing when I was talking to this person about having him ship the game to me. And I was really busy at that point with, you know, fielding calls and going all over the place and, uh, but around that time is when the game was shipped to me, and you know, I was this is the this is the old play field. So this this play field here, this wreck of the Hesperus here, that's what was in the game. That doesn't look so bad. Well, oh, okay, well, get wait. a closer look. Okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. Well, actually, my game looks a little bit better than that, and uh, probably Especially... a good time to interject yep. that. The game I bought was from Todd Tucky for a hundred bucks, covered in mold. Nobody went near it. I took a little spit and a piece of uh, paper towel, and lo and behold, the game looked pretty good. Doesn't look as good as what I think I'm about to see in about two seconds. So that's that. 
And here's when uh, Julia Child took the other cookies out of the oven. You're oh, right my. Oh, wow. Well, that pops. Yeah, that's a lot better. CPR Playfield. And I put the special Scott Home ROM software in here, too. That's why you have the... So notice how the uh, feature lights there, the uh, track mode is different. I don't know if you can tell. But yours doesn't do um, that. Remember, I haven't had my game set up in months. And we did have a phone call the other day. And I said, well, I'll try. That never happened. I'm I'm actually all moved in. Wow, nice. We'll come to that in a little bit. Okay. So, so tell us about the game. Tell us what right. you did. Um, I think at last count, I got, I don't know, between 60 and 100 hours, in, 60 and 100 hours into this. And uh, I think originally I was just going to try to work with his play field that he had. And then CPR came out with this. I said, hey, would you like me to get this? And he says, yes, please. <laughs> so so I did. And then um, I still was put back burning because other things were ahead of him. And finally, I got a chance to really kick this off this this summer in, in earnest and do this play field swap, you know, for starters. And, you know, I take, you know, you know, everything comes off the old play field and then I buff every piece of metal to a mirror shot with my buffer. And then, you know, all new, you know, all new pop bumper parts, rebuild all those all new flipper parts, new kicker parts, new drop targets, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, after all that's done, populate all that. I went after the boards in the back. There's a bunch of issues back there too, of course, with connectors and put a new Weebly MPU in there and uh, rebuilt the chime unit. So the chimes sing lovely now and, and the game really plays great. Um, th this game was, was, I believe, this is Bally's Bridge game from EM to Solid State. They made this game in EM, uh, electromechanical and solid state. And that's why the originally track mode isn't really that hot it's just very very simple because they just were starting out with uh with solid state programming and, and memory and that kind of stuff so uh so that's you want that's me to give the like, stats on this thing sure that you asked me to bring up sure data manufacturer november of 1976 oh i've got the electromechanical one up oh they good okay well th okay that's, we'll talk about that. that first then sorry okay uh, 4,155 units. Didn't realize they made that many EMs of that. See, it's a bridge game. That's why they made most of So how many of these? That's all estate. Another 4,000? Greg Mike, the designer. Art by Paul Ferris. Knight Rider was produced in EM and SS versions. Sea Bali, 1977. Knight Rider. I'll do that in a second. Uh, that's pretty much it. Let me see what it says for uh, the other one if it comes up. And lo and behold, it does. Data manufacturer, February 1977. So you're right. That's pretty close. Yep. 7,000 units. Not a lot, but plenty. Uh, same design and art team. And the first Valley production machine to use an AS2518-17. First generation MPU. There you go. Okay. Okay. So I was right. It's the it's the bridge game. This was the game. This is the first. Okay. This, is, this is their okay, little you were right. Yep. Thought so. Um, 
the other things I did to this game is it had one spinner that was correct. The other one was some flunky Williams spinner that was junk on there. And I could have used, you know, the original spinner and then buy another one, you know, from one of the resellers. But it's like, yeah, let's go with uh, brand new spinners. So Pinball Resource sells these brand new spinners, but all white. But they're a little bit, the arms are a little bit thicker than the original. They're beefier and they don't fit into the original hole. So you got to, you got to, you know, widen out those holes a little bit so it'll mount. But I said, ah, I think it's worth it. So I did that. And I also got some uh, new stickers from uh, Marco to put on there. So those look beautiful spinners now, the way they are supposed to be. I don't know if I can show you that here, the Mr. Spinner. Well, first, I'm surprised that you can get spinners for that game, even though well, you have to widen the holes for the uh, brackets. But that's not a big deal. Yeah, well, they're well. These are white spinners, just pure white. They're generic white. No, I spinners. understand, but I'm yeah. saying that the fact that you can buy them, I didn't realize that he even had them. Yeah, they're great. I bought I bought a bunch of them, I bought a couple sets of them just for other games too. And I didn't realize at first that I said, "Hey, these things are too wide." Then I went back and read his literature. It's like, oh, the, you know, they're beefier, they're wider. You know, be advised, you have to widen out the holes. So I I did all that. That came out great. Uh, I put uh, you know silicone rubber all the way around. Um, I did uh, incandescent lights everywhere except the back glass. I put uh, warm, common uh, LEDs, warm white. Okay, and... I'm wondering if you did the mod that uh, I've done to my game on the back glass. Yes, we did the uh, the flashing boob right there. Oh, and no flashing butt. Uh, no, I didn't do flashing butt. I I could do that, I suppose, really to get the the double fecta, <laughs> the difecta. I've got the double. I've got the B and B. And I got, you know, the flashing, uh, you know, the police lights there. Those are flashing. And I have that as well. And those are LED flashers, too. But I wanted mm. to keep the uh, the boob as a real 455 flasher because, you know, nothing beats a, you know, a real, a real set of uh, knockers than, uh, you know. <laughs> then going then to you mean the knocker that's usually in the body? Right. We have a, we have right. a second set, so to speak. Yes, we have we have a lot of knockers in this game. Okay. Uh, what else with this game? So, buffed all the metal like it's, oh, I, the uh, the rails, the side rails. So I'm I'm looking at those and they look great. Yeah, thanks. Did you do so them or somebody else? I did them. So I, what I do is I just take the originals and I fill in any defects in them with that uh, two part uh, kind of clay epoxy, quick wood. It's very dries very hard when it's done. Then I sand all that down and find a really close match of uh of paint and paint them up and spray paint them up and, and they come out great. They come out uh I'd rather do that than get the um you can get oak ones from, I think from a guy in, in Florida these days. Yeah, he's the but, one who's doing it now. Did you buy anything from him? I haven't yet because I haven't had any set of wood that's gonna really that it doesn't take that much time to do these. And the and the holes are already there. They're not you don't have to re-drill them, none of that stuff. So it matches up nice. So it's a lot easier in a way just to do that. And I'd rather work with the original stuff if I can than go with uh I found when I used the oak wood from um the guy I did them before, I think Reese Rails did them. Uh I found the ball behaved differently. The ball hit it on when it's going out, it just seemed to go kind of dead for some reason. It just didn't seem right compared to the original. Maybe it's just in my in my mind, but I don't know. Um, the other thing that's weird with this game is 
the uh, the hole at the top there, advanced bonus hole, double light bonus hole, the very top, the saucer. Uh, who someone, um, they uh, what do they call it? They uh, not soldered, welded. They welded two little arms, in, little, little ears that hold the ball in place, and so it hits the uh, hits a little uh, armature there, hits the leaf switch. There's a little little tab right. there, and they did it such a way that kind of bent it. I tried to bend it all back and hammer it out straight and it was better, but I couldn't get it exactly right. And it's like, Oh, it's probably good enough. So I threw the ball in there. It will never hit that switch. I try to bend the switch up. It still would not hit it. So I had to MacGyver things a little bit. So what I did is I grabbed a, uh, a plastic actuator from a Gottlieb end of stroke switch, you know, from any kind of system one or system, system 80, 80 B. And I took that and I put that, right on top of the uh, what bally had kind of stacked it up there so now i built it up high and now it's perfect so the ball goes in there it hits that great and now it works perfect and it won't wear out so you didn't I, have an extra mech no they don't I, you can't find those mechs they don't have oh, these. I, I got a handful of them you do i think well, oh that's well, right you, you, you well, scored yeah, a whole bunch yes, back i do do not ask me where they are if okay. you saw my basement, you would understand why I just said that. All right. Well, well, down the road, I might have to, uh, I don't know, make a deal with you on on one or two of those, or, or at least no, one. There's going to be lots of deals. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> Game, games do not like to travel in a U-Haul 500 miles. Have you, do you know, for a fact so far, or when you reset? No, things? but I'm smart enough to know that, you know. Let's put it this way, you know, the road systems in this country are okay, but there are some potholes where, you know, they just come upon you and you have no time to react. And when you have a 20 foot long U-Haul, they tend to bounce. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bang, bang. Sure. Uh, so you didn't ask the right question. So when you were taking the games out of the U-Haul, did you notice anything's amiss? Yeah, I did. There were a couple of bumps and bruises. Overall, not bad. But again, until you start, you know, putting them together and figuring out, you know, where everything is, kind of hard to to know whether things are going to work, you know, as they did when they left New Hampshire. Hmm. So you saw some physical physical bruising and so forth? Well, my buddy Jack only took it a couple of miles from the place I had him stored to the airport to pick me up. I had a rental car, and uh, one of the games was already topped over. He said, yeah, I went around this corner, and there's this big pothole. And I said, okay. So we, you know, before we even left, we opened up the back again and, you know, corrected it. Uh, believe it or not, when we got to New Jersey to his house, nothing had moved, which is good. So I'm crossing my fingers that everything's okay. But I think, you know, you know, as well as I do, moving these things is not a, is not something you want to do on a regular basis. Yeah. I, and I know I, uh, I keep talking about moving, but uh, like you said, I look around here and it's like, yeah, I'm going to have to hire some, uh, some young muscle or muscles to, uh, to move all my games. Uh, yeah jack jack and i my buddy jack we've heard me talk you know who he is but people have heard us on the podcast talk about him we uh we got it out of the climate controlled uh storage and into the u-haul in four hours 12 games so we did real well um but it's 
trust me, it is not a lot of fun getting here. I thought I was going to do it. And uh, I hired two guys. They moved everything out of the U-Haul in two hours. Plus, not just the games, all my parts. And they're like, all those boxes? I go, yeah, all those boxes. They're like, okay. But, you know, professional movers. It's worth it. Yeah, oh, it's worth it. You're gonna you're gonna pay, but it's worth it. Yeah, you, I did pay, but I'm I'm not unhappy. And and you saved your back, so that's helpful. Well, yeah, my back, my legs, my arms, everything. It's uh, it was it it's a lot easier to direct traffic than it is to to move uh, you know three hundred pound games. I uh, I should give a PSA. Go so, ahead. So, public service announcement. Um, if you're, if you have some, uh, n- never, never soak your balls in evaporust. <laughs> uh, I would not <laughs> soak my balls in evaporust. Not those balls, George, pinballs. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That would hurt. It would hurt. Oh, it would hurt. Yeah. Those worst things. But, uh, yeah, that would hurt. Yeah. So, so by accident, I had some, um, I'm evaporust a little container and with a bunch of my other parts and this and that and I was going on site to do a service call. And I think, was it, a, was it evaporust or maybe it was like, no, I think it was even worse than evaporust. No, you know what? It was worse than evaporust. Sorry. PSA number two, that's number one. Don't do that. Number two, uh, don't soak your balls in uh zip acid toilet bowl cleaner. What? Uh, whoa, whoa, one more time. What was the name of it? It's it's Zep acid toilet bowl cleaner. Now, what that's supposed to be used for, besides toilet bowls, is it's really good for stopping alkaline corrosion or arresting it and reversing it. Because alkaline corrosion on a circuit board is has a pH of, I don't know, I, I know if it's whatever. It's one way up up the let's say it's an eight, you know, and this toilet bowl cleaner is like a two, and they meet in the middle at like you know six or seven so they can neutralize other years ago you'd use vinegar to do that but vinegar was only a couple points on the end on the other edge of the uh, neutral spectrum so it didn't really do as well but this stuff works great foam's right up so, so what happened to your balls well i bring this stuff on site in case i'm at it working on someone's machine that has a little bit of uh, battery damage and i can arrest it there and fix and blah 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 so the container had in a small container it over time whatever it it leaked out I had a, a bunch of like these really high-end shiny balls from Titan and I thought they were sealed up, but they, they weren't. And I saw, I, I opened the container. It's like, Hey, everything smells minty fresh in here. Oh no. <laughs> so the balls are all that. They're all getting kind of rusty. You know, it's like, Oh, and then other stuff. So I, I, I clean everything else out, dry everything else out. And then it's like, I had, a, I had like all these, I think I had about $50 worth of balls that, most of the kind of rusty. So I'd say, you know, I'm just going to put them in evapor rust. So I put them in evapor rust for like a day. And then I got busy. It's like, well, I'll get to that and rinse them off some other day and buff them out. And then that day turned into a week. And now over time, I look at them, that's all of a sudden those shiny balls are now black. They're black balls now. And, and then it's like, well, I'll leave them a little while longer. I, so finally I had a, a day today. I think it was a week and a half now. I took, I rinsed them all out. The evapor rust, instead of being a nice, clean color, was all black. So there was some serious uh, chemistry going on with this whole thing. 
so much so that it pitted all the balls. All the balls were pitted. They were all like destroyed. The, the stuff the evaporized ate the freaking balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now it's like, and let's. I wonder if I even. You know, there's a joke there, but I'm not going to say it. Oh, there is. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna show you it. Hold on, once pull the dust off their balls. Not here. No, no. Instead, look at that. It looks, it looks like something that you'd put into an antique gun. Yeah, it looks like a musket ball. Like a muzzle loader. Yeah. Maybe I could sell it on eBay and say that I found this in uh in Concord. Well, they into were, a tree. Well, right. Just throw them in the ground and then you know have a YouTube channel. Oh, look what I found. Look what I found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty no, wacky. You could do that around here, Dave. Virginia oh. is full of history, just like up in Massachusetts. So okay. Yeah, maybe I should sprinkle some balls around my neighborhood. I'll send you a whole bunch. I got a whole bag of useless stuff now. You have a bag of balls? A bag of balls. A bag of okay. useless balls. Are we done I, with the balls jokes? I think so. I think I think we've okay. kind of uh, okay. done all we can with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so for on LEDs in this game, I decided for the double bonus, the orange, the, I mean, not orange, the green lights, the green inserts, the regular incandescent just didn't look that great. So I actually did something i usually i don't do a lot of but i put an l put a green led in the double bonus it one, looks nice you know um and with, when you do that you have to put a uh, a resistor a um uh, i think it's called a, a load loading resistor because it has to latch the transistor on if you don't do that the led would just like blink you know frantically blinking blinking and annoyingly so I did that to bolt them. So now they, they latch on and latch off like they're supposed to. So, but I wanted everything else incandescent because it all looks fine that way. So you oh. started with uh, Scott doing a rework of the software. Yeah, yeah, Tell yeah. Tell the audience what the difference is between, I mean, this is not a complicated game. You know, yeah, this is a I, very. I like it because it's a target game. I also like it because it's got two spinners. It's very simple. There's not a lot to it. And people think, oh, you know, it's an easy game. I don't find it that easy, but again, remember who you're talking to. You say it's a, it's a very simple game. I mean, I mean, if it didn't have this software in it, uh, you're better off getting like a Matahari or Bobby or Power Play because that's in the same realm uh, of play. But but it's better executed in this game. But because this game, you know, out of the out of the factory, you didn't have a nice uh a track mode like it has here you only when you get a drop target down they're worth 50 points each i mean basically this game could basically just be a five digit game it, it's very on a regular rom set it's hard to break a hundred thousand on this game i agree you know and i, and I think i maybe the em only had maybe the em was maybe you only get a hundred thousand points maybe i don't know what the em how, how much the scoring with that was but i, I bet you it was because it's hard to get over 100 on this on this one i mean you you, you max the bonus out uh with the original software and uh and that's it just keep whacking at targets and going up the top and you, you kind of you're kind of done hit the spinner worth 100 points you know with this software new and improved software you get when you get the bank of targets down, like say you get the right targets down, all five of them, when they pop back up, instead of 50 points each, they're now worth 500 points each. Uh, same thing with the left side drop targets, those five. When you max out the bonus, uh, all the bonus lights come on. 
you know, instead of just like one at a time, you know, just like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, when you get the max bonus and the max bonus is more than usual, I think it's uh it's 19,000 is the max bonus versus like 10 uh, or 15, or whatever this was from the factory, but it maxes out. Your own, yeah. 15. So I think it goes to, to 19. Uh, it'll all the bonus lights turn on and that's when you can go in the top saucer and collect the bonus. And then it resets it down to zero so you can rinse, repeat. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. I know you you brought this over to my home. That's a long time ago, Dave, whenever that was. I I did. Yeah, a long time ago. Floating around for a while. But I forgot about that. That's that's a really cool. That's a really cool feature. It it really makes this game a lot. It just it just makes this game worth owning with that software. You know, it's it's a lot better game, especially worth putting a CPR play field in the game. Yeah, it's, it's came out really well. Spent a good amount of time on it, and it, it it plays great. I'm trying to think of any any of the challenges I had with it. I didn't have you know just you know typical hack work underneath and typical you know, uh, you know some wrong coils and some broken brackets and stuff you know that kind of thing, but uh, nothing nothing too bad that I haven't seen before. But uh, it it plays really well. Well, I said the reason why I probably didn't get to setting mine up, and you were like, you did what? The Octo Rectifier. Oh, when, Octo Rectifier, uh, yes. When I, had, when I had time, I took a lousy rectifier board and, so- and soldered lines for each piece of the rectifier board and put Molexes on the end and turned it into the Octo Rectifier. So we'll see if, uh, we'll see if that works. If not, I've got, you know, plenty of other equipment to... Uh, to redo the game but we'll see you know does similar things but i don't don't really agree with it uh but to each his own everybody does their own restoration method is uh chris hutchins high-end pins i've been watching his videos a lot no guy knows guy he knows a lot of stuff he's been around for a while he's good good restoration guy um but what he'll do is he'll do the same thing with with all the flipper assemblies and stuff he'll actually put um quick disconnects and all that stuff when he's shopping, when he's restoring it. And his theory is that, well, if something goes wrong out in the field, he can just send the customer a whole new thing and just plug it in, plug and play. Well, not really, because the customer still has to take an Allen wrench and whatever and undo the flipper, take it out, put that back in. Now you got to align the flipper just right and make sure you have enough play in there. There's all these little fine points that someone has to know what they're doing. So someone has to know what they're doing with that aspect. They should also, I don't know, know how to solder too. I I would think, but or maybe I've not. Done, I've done it. You've reprimanded me, but you know, like you said, to each his own. I mean, I I didn't do it on high end games, but I believe I did it on. I know I did it on Night Rider because I bought a secondary play field, so I have extra target banks and extra flippers. And at one point in time, I had a target bank go bad. I just removed the whole target bank, put it on the bench, put the new one in, and it worked. Would I do it with a centaur? No. Would I do it? I don't think I did it with my skate ball. But I've done it with that. I think I did it with Bobby Orr. You know, they're players' games. And that's how I learned to solder and how to crimp and do things. But I wouldn't do it on, you know, a restoration like you've done. You know, keep it as original as possible. Yeah, yep, I agree, and, that, and, that, and that's what I did, you know. And, and uh, this guy shouldn't have a problem for a, a good long time, you know. The caveat being, it is a forty-plus-year-old game; anything can happen. But 
you know, let's let's say I just lessen the chances. As is tradition, folks, we are going to play a game of Night Rider. Unfortunately, it's going to be a one-player game. So, Dave, take us through the game. All right. So, I did a special mod in here when I press the start button. It has a, a cool sound clip. Watch this. I am the Night Rider. <laughs> I'm a fuel injected suicide machine. Mm. A little garbled, but not bad. There you go. Dave's got the ball going, flipping up, hitting target on the left side, getting it back up top. Boy, the game plays nice and fast, doesn't it? It does. It's pretty pretty darn smooth. Oh, and okay. also you don't get ripped off. You get every single um point you're supposed to get. Oh, so if you hit two targets, you're not just getting one score, you're getting both? You're getting both, like you're supposed to. And why is that? Uh because Scott made it so that uh it's smarter. They really wanted you to get the EM feel, I guess, back then and, and rob you of points to go. No, 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 no. They, they learned after this not to do that. So give, I want all the points I earn, you know, not this EM situation. So let's see if I can get that spinner shot. Nope. Okay. Too. okay. Don't shake it so much. The camera's shaking. Okay. Hey, my, my knee hit the camera. <laughs> I got a little exuberant. All right. That's. There we go. In the okay, there he goes. There we go. It's gonna shot. On the right flipper, got it up top, got it in the hole. How many points you get? I can't see. I got ten thousand. I got twenty thousand points so far. Okay. And that's up uh, the left side through the uh, spinner into the hole again, or the saucer, and drains out the left. Good thing yeah, I had the left. I get this on five balls a game. Oh, you got it on five balls. Yeah, because that's the way the customer had it originally, so I'm just going to leave it that way. It's the way I have mine. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's pretty much it's an EM, you know, so. Yeah, you need you need the uh, you need the extra balls. No you, really, you do. Okay, so he's got it on the right flipper again. I want to see hit all the targets, Dan. I haven't done yeah, that yet. I'll get these last two over okay, here. Okay, so hit those two on the oh. on the left side. One. Okay, one. Let's see the next one. There you go. Oh, no, almost. Oh, and off she goes. Oh, and he drains it out the right. Oh. Okay. How many balls you got left? I have two, two left. We're on ball four right now. Okay. A double bonus sitting there. So we can get it. Here we go. Double bonus. Okay. okay, so let's let's start getting some targets. All right. Okay, so he's missed the the uh saucer up top. He's got how the hell did you get? Oh, you son of a bucket. Okay, so last ball again at the right. Oh, the other thing this thing that software does is when you go into ball five or last ball, it show it displays the highest score to date for a couple seconds and like a stern does. So it tells you what your highest score to date, what you're going for in. That's okay. kind of that's a little stern holdover. Okay, got it in the saucer again. Still hasn't hit all the targets down on one side or the other. Yeah, I need to do that. Oh. We got some other things to talk about, so. Okay, so Dave has gaffed the game. How many points you get? 90,000. Well, not bad. Yeah, you're not bad for not getting any of the real 
points on those drop targets. Okay, play- we don't we, we don't need to continue with more okay. games. All right. Let's uh I, I got a couple things I want to talk about. Sure. And I'm sure you do as well. I've got a lot of leftovers from who knows when. Okay. But I don't think we talked about this. And if we did, please stop me. Do you remember in getting an email from a gentleman named Shannon? Sounds familiar. <laughs> of course it does. So Shannon Bossick. Okay. He sends a he sends an email to you, which you sent to me. It says, Hello guys. It was hard for me to find the appropriate email to write the show through my podcatcher, so apologize to send here. Grammy needs a little work. Okay. Love the show and the off-topic banter. Thank you. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah, this guy was cool. <laughs> okay. The pin spot adventures, etc. Keep up the good work. Question. After listening to your recent Pintastic preview, yeah, that was two episodes ago, many listed games at the show were poo-pooed, which is funny. Curious, guys. What games beyond your own collections do you actually enjoy playing? Obviously, you are busy with work. I'm just curious what games you would like to see play at a show. Thanks, guys, and hope the move went well, George. Yes, it did, Shannon. Thank you. So I'm going to read Dave's reply. Dave's reply is, hello, Shannon. Glad to have you on board. Glad you like our unique style of show. We like to throw in some wacky, off-topic stuff once in a while when so inspired, like cooking tips, lifestyle, and general musings. The Day Spa Adventures provide some good material for listeners to live vicariously through the eyes of a pinball restoration entrepreneur. Oh, look at you. As for what (laughs) games I personally would like to see, well, I pretty much have all the titles I want. But if pressed, I'd like to see Game Plan Andromeda, Gottlieb Countdown, Black Hole, Hulk, Buck Rogers, Stern Split Second, Dracula, Trident, Atari Roadrunner, 4x4. What is that? That's an Atari. Okay. Oh, okay. That's rare, isn't it? Kind of rare, yeah. Williams Algar, Alien Poker, Blackout. As all of these I don't own are in my resto queue waiting restoration, Alien Poker and Blackout. I own 70 games, mostly late 70s and early 80s, Bali, Stern, and a few Gottlieb and Williams. So again, I own mint copies of these titles, so when going to a show, it's rare any of these are in the shape mine are in. I am spoiled by so much... I am spoiled by this so much so that when I play show games, it distracts me that I want to fix the glaring issues with the games I'm playing. It takes me out of the fun playing experience. Now, wait a second. I, I got I got something to say about this. Sure. How many games did you actually play at the last show? Hmm. Uh, um, well, I'm I ha- guessing you can count them on one hand. Well, well let me think. Play them to for work the working part. Now there's a working. No, no, part no, no. Though. I'm saying you were there because I was. Know, I played. I told everybody what I played, and sorry, I'm trying to think of uh, of Dave, uh, the game we played that we liked. The EM help me with the uh, the wizard game. That was wizard, but it's uh, the rare thing they made. That right, was right. Actually, well, an abrac- abracadabra. Show, it's it's we, an abracadabra. We both we both like that. 
It's an abracadabra is what it is. Right. Yeah. Or a team one. So uh, do you care to comment on any of this? Um, yeah, I played... kind of summed it up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, long, I, basically, I, all the games I played were the ones that actually won the best in best in play contest um, or runners up, you know, um, the ones that I didn't really play. They was this kind of doggy and torn up and not really playing that well. If I did, I kind of I, if I looked at it and it wasn't that great looking, it was like they didn't really give a crap. They just want to get in free. I didn't really bother, you know, so it had to uh, had to be this tall to ride this ride kind of thing for me. So um I think that I even go into, I don't know if I even went to the extra ball lounge, you know, which is, I had all access past extra ball lounge. Did I even, people are going to kill me. You didn't go in. I didn't, couldn't get in there. You didn't even go in. It's like, uh, yeah, I, no, I got in there. Oh, I know you got, I know. I think I went in there a little bit, but it's like, you know, I, I, I have access to those games anyway. Cause when I go to these high end customers, they have all this nice stuff and I restore it all. And I get to play my restored version of their super duper guns and roses or whatever, you know, whatever they got going on. I just played in El- Elvira uh, House of Horrors, and I just uh, worked in that guy's game recently down the street. I happen to like that game, but I've said that before. Yeah, it's not a bad little game. It's 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 not bad for for a new uh, new. Well, it's got all the clips in it, and you know she's campy. I mean, it's 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 a decent game. It's a lot of money, and I think I saw something. Again, I've been kind of out of the loop of uh, you know Pintastic and all that crap, or. or uh, Pinside, sorry, what did I say? Fantastic. Pinside. There's the bloody red edition or something that I just read. Yes, no. Okay. Don't pay attention. Don't pay attention. You don't care. And, no. and while we're at it, we might as well throw the other two in. Do you really care about the Bowie game and the Elton John game? No, uh, no I will. Uh, not really, but I was actually pleasantly surprised when I saw someone do a review of the labyrinth or basically they, they did a review of the uh, advertisement for labyrinth. And that guy, you know, when he's talking about it, uh, it made you say, you know, I think I want to give this game a try. It looks kind of cool. Different things popping out. It, it kind of reminds me of the Hobbit Jersey Jack, the Hobbit a little bit, the way it does certain things like that. Um, so I'd give, I'd give it a go. I, I think it's going to be kind of a snoozer because it's like, you know, not David Bowie's best effort. And it's kind of, that's a little weird, kind of a, a a cult kind of game, maybe. Uh, as for the Elton John, very good on the uh, on the advertising, the production value of advertising that game, uh, way better than Stern did. When Stern did there, did Stern or Spooky did it? Who was the one? Uh, maybe it was Labyrinth. No, they just had one girl playing the game on that one, and you know, look like the kind of girl that would stay in their basement and look on the computer all day, not really get out and, and see any guys at all or, or anybody. Um, Unlike, what's his name from uh, China uh, who advertised what game? He had the game, he had the really hot looking babe playing the game. No, I don't know that one. No, yeah. China. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The guy who made uh, Thunderbirds. That guy. Oh, okay, okay. I don't don't know. All right, so he he went was for that. It, he went, he went I for don't remember cake. what game it was. It doesn't matter. They're all to me. They're all kind of jumbled together. Yeah, yeah. Thunder Turds is not that good. I, and I, what else did they do that's that's supposed to be better? They did Labyrinth. Who did Labyrinth? No, Labyrinth is um. No, isn't Labyrinth the company from uh, Texas? That's that's it's supposed to be. I think it's Spooky, and they changed their name to. Uh, no, 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 no. 
Yeah. No. What's Barrels of Fun? Barrels of Fun did what game? Yeah, they're from they're from Texas. They're going to be if you listen if you listen to the interview I did with Keith, he basically pre-announced it an hour before because I talked to him on the day of the announcement. He's like, "Well, I guess I could say it because it's not going to be out. You're not going to have this out for a while." I said, "Yeah." And he said, uh, you know, Labyrinth is, uh, you know, coming out. I'm like, oh, okay, great. The one thing I did see with Labyrinth that I thought was cool were the Jim Henson puppets on the uh, topper. Did you see that? No. That actually looked pretty good. But that's not okay. the game. That's not the game. Well, I, I'm saying it's, you know, it's not playing the pinball. It's just a topper. I mean, you know, I don't get real excited about toppers, but that looked pretty good. So you're saying the barrels of fun, the only one they've made so far, they're a brand new, brand new game. They're brand new. I think that game is their first game. That's the first game. Okay, I don't know why See, people I... don't come to us for this stuff because we, yeah. a, we don't pay attention. I know we, we don't have any notes. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I have another email. I, I say we're to... George. You know, you know, I think we're fake pinball news. That's what we are. <laughs> you don't. Nobody comes to us for the news. Trust me, nobody. Anyway, I have another email, and this is from our good friend in Australia, Grant. The title is Pin Bloody Tastic. Now, before I, I read the email, I just have to say, I think people are kind of done with us talking about tournaments and pinball shows. So I promise that we will do another review next month, and we'll do another review of a game in December. We have to kind of get back on track but anyway so here's the email hi fellas i gotta start by saying wow what a bloody ripper that was one killer episode i like the divided sections as as it allows you to stop and come back to it at a later point so well done george very well put together the first section had me in the zone at one point i actually felt like i was in the garage with a few mates having a few beers and talking about life and pinball Really good banter. Jeez, Eric doesn't hold back with promoting himself, does he? No, yeah. not much, no. And and his sidekick there, the supporter. Oh, my God. It was like a commercial for him. You know, he, he's, lucky I'm, he's lucky I'm benevolent. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. A real character for sure. The discussion with Brian was good. He came across very well. He did. Brian's more serious. We're a bunch of jokers. Um, the discussion escalated as the beer slowed, yep, and Doc's one-liners began to decline. Well, yeah, but he kept going. You've done a good job keeping it all together, George. I'm still not sure what an IPA is. I had to tell him what an IPA was. I thought he knew. Anyway. Yeah, he didn't know. No, he didn't. At a guess, I'd say independent brewing. Nope. Well, I gave him the tutorial. Anyway, Lucky Doc had Maureen keeping him in line in the background. Well, yeah, I'm wondering what happened later on in the night. I was laughing with my grapefruits off. No, I was laughing my grapefruits off when you both started talking about me. We are owned by China, Doc. Start swimming and get over here. George says to Janice, let's send him a game. And Doc says, give him a machine. Lovely and kind gestures from great people. But if we did eventually do something like that, I would ensure every single cost, expense, and time was covered to do that. I was thinking of getting a piano instead. Yeah, I did that to my wife again the other day. Stay tuned to the end of my email for my bloody horror story. 
I actually learned a lot about tournament play through all the discussions like the extra ball plunge, point scoring, and even cheating as it would refer to, especially on Centaur. Like father, like son. Yep. Very informative discussion with Eric. He knows his stuff. The duration was sensational and his email could go on forever. Now for my S-show story. I bid on Flash Gordon twice and actually won the bidding as shown below. Oh, I remember this. Did you hear this? Oh, yeah, I remember this. At this point, I was in the shed cracking a beer and doing the moonwalk and doing some ridiculous dance even I'm embarrassed about. From there, I paid about PayPal $3,500 as instructed to by eBay. Bloody great. All done. Not quite. Then comes the email from the seller. I've changed my mind and I don't want to sell it. Oh, bad. I went from moonwalk to dragging my feet. Then the fight with the missus started. <laughs> After giving him stick. What, is, what does that mean? After giving him stick. Uh, probably giving him uh, a rash of crap. Okay. I'd give it, giving him a hard time. Uh, I'm thinking like a hickory stick, but okay. Yeah. Via eBay messages. We went. He went quiet. Then I started feeling sick. I could get help from anyone. Only bot responses from eBay and PayPal. It was then I unloaded on eBay bot, calling it every name you could think of, and finally I got someone's attention. They called me. That's wild. Wow. I would Amazing. never expect that. I ended getting my money back after a couple of days, a very ex- vet, a very bad experience that has tarnished my wife's view of my beloved hobby. Uh-oh. I know I should probably have not paid, but I was excited and made a bad choice. eBay has canceled his account for breaching their policy. Anyway, I'll finish on a positive and say thank you to all for making me feel like I'm part of something special. It really means a lot to me. George is almost in the new house and preparing to move the lovely girls back into their new resting place and getting familiar with his old friends. Having a fantastic weekend, every no, have a fantastic weekend, everyone, and get some sun. As George mentioned in another email, spring is here and summer around the corner. All the best wishes. Regards, Grant, the Australian correspondent. He is. I thought that was a great email. That is a great email. But it's, it, there's a lesson there. I didn't read it just, you know, I, I love Grant. But, you know, buyer beware. eBay, bad, bad. You want to you meet somebody face-to-face and you want to put that cash on the glass. Yes, you, you do. You do not want to do anything like that over, you know, over the internet. And that was a, that was a great email, great resolution with, with Grant. The other one... Uh, He's lucky. His... Here's uh, an email I got uh, from John Jolly, our other, uh, our, our Cape Cod no, correspondent. Not, this isn't the one with the, uh, when we made the reference of the retarded friend. No, no. Oh, there's That's another a one? one. It's a different oh, one. It's a new oh, one. No. Yeah, new oh, one. Oh, God. Okay, so so strap in, folks. Should I brace myself? <laughs> strap in. John, John has a way with words. He does. He did, he does. He's a great wordsmith. He gets, a, gets it across. <laughs> So well, we think so. I'm 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 wondering how many other people think so. I think it's fantastic. It's a breath of fresh air. He just kind of lets it go. <laughs> let it let it roll, man. He said, uh, "Dear Doctor Dave, dear Doctor Dave, alas, my household is bereft of our one true love, pinball. Like a man in the desert with no supplies, food, nor water, such is the extent of my pinball career." Now only an optical illusion, playing games with my head as I walk through the hot, steep dry sand dunes of my life 
if only one kind of generous man smarter than anyone at the game we love could save us from ourselves a real true last the american heroes type of person like yourself and the guy who shot bin laden elvis and john wayne well me not elvis he died on the shitter <laughs> he died in the shit of a tired old fool of a, of a drug addict who didn't love his preteen wife for as long as much as he loved himself my boys and i have had uh have gnawed down all our fingernails off our hands in anticipation that we could once again achieve pinball greatness i am a disgrace I have failed my family in an attempt to fix a machine that was not even broken in the first place. Oh, he's the best. Isn't he? <laughs> he goes on, I was only trying to make it faster and better in the pursuit of true happiness. If I was born in China, I would have ended what's left of my meager life by the sword. I like how he gets that wrong. It's supposed to be Japan, but whatever. Keep going. <laughs> he's on a roll. Keep stop, going. Stop, stop. <laughs> he's way too funny. <laughs> and, and I gotta say, John, John, when Dave comes to your house, he's taking the keys. You're never, ever exploring those games ever again. Probably not. Probably not. Well, that, that way I can see him some more, you know. <laughs> well, right. It, you know, plus column for you, minus column for him. Right. Um, a couple more sentences. So, if I was born in China, I would have ended with left Omega life by the sword. The only thing broken now is my wife's heart, for she is married to a true failure. Perhaps you would find it in your heart during these times of holiday spirit to schedule an appearance at my house <laughs> by the end of winter before my children graduate from third grade and go to Harvard. <laughs> you have to have him on. He, he is way too funny. Uh, farewell, fare thee well, Doc, and be happy, my friend. Let your belly be full, your heart be content, and your household warm through the darkness of winter to come. P.S. Great podcasting endlessly amusing mahalo john <laughs> he's he's awesome i i'm sorry i didn't get to meet him I will. i'm gonna be i'm gonna I, be seeing I have him to meet him he's too funny i'm gonna be seeing and recording with him this friday okay so i'll have him on so we'll get to hear him live <laughs> i look forward to that oh by the way he loves ipas and he'll probably he'll have several i'm sure well he likes that grapefruit crap uh I guess. I mean, he might have just been saying that. I don't think I even have any of that crap. I think I threw it all out. So, Well, I did as well. What's up, Doc? What's cooking? What's up, Doc? Oh, you're looking for bugs. Bunny bunting. Duck is gonna hunting. Just to get a rabbit skin. But now the rabbit's gonna get. What's up, Doc? What's cooking? Hey, look out. Stop. What's up, Doc? Well, I'll tell you what's up, Doc. Let's go back in the Wayback Machine of a couple weeks ago where we worked on several games. One of them was down the Cape, down in Falmouth, worked on a Bally Hocus Pocus. And this is an interesting game because the game was in really nice shape. It just needed, it just needed some love. And uh, come to find out, as we're talking to the guy I'm working on the game, he's actually a professional magician. No. Yeah. And then Did I he say, perform? No. But he, but he told me about, he brought out all of the closet, this like rare uh, murals from like the early 1900s of these magicians. He has uh, 
David Copperfield stuff. He, he knows all these guys. He knows Penn and Teller. And I said, hey, do you guys like talk shop when you guys go out to you? It's like, no, no, no. We talk about baseball. Everything else. We don't even talk shop at all. I said, don't you guys ch- share trade secrets? Or it's like, you know, we, we hold on. We don't tell anybody secrets. We hold on. It's like, what about that weird guy that that uh, magician that was the. Uh, oh, the masked magician. He was, yeah. He was showing all how all the tricks were done. He was. Yeah. And, and, and he said, yeah, he's not really loved by any of us. He, we know who he is, <laughs> you know. Um. So we were going on. So it was interesting. And, and I guess uh, after the past three years of madness, his little magician thing is his thing was you couldn't do any of that stuff because no one was going out, no concerts, no nothing. So his wife, who's a principal of a school, got him into um, uh, theater with uh, with the kids in school. So he's basically like a theater instructor or, or director or whatever. So oh, teaching them how timing and yeah, how showman, to perform. Yeah, showmanship, performing. So right. he, so he got to do that instead. So now, so I guess that's what he's doing to this day. So he's, he's not really doing the magician thing as much. He's doing uh, doing this this gig. So that was an interesting uh, conversation there. And, and That's a good I, one. And I actually like the Hocus Pocus. It's, it's, it's a simple looking game. I have one. I haven't done anything with it yet, but I'd love to get that set up. It's a two-player ballet. I think seventy-five has three spinners on it, and uh, it's it's a. I, I I can visualize the back glass. I mean, people are it, familiar with that. Yeah, pulling the rabbit out of the hat, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, I, I think it would look really good with the other. I got a, a bow and arrow. I have the blackjack. And the Hocus Pocus, those three Bally EMs would look great together. And those are like really nice players. So that's going to be down the road at some point. Um, one side venture, on speaking of bow and arrow, I found this out by, I don't know how it came up in my YouTube feed, but did you know that all the, all the chime games that came into Germany back in the day had to be shipped to them without chimes? They, they were silent games. They had, they're just like no chimes, just like just the balls because the shopkeepers wanted quiet pinball machines. They didn't want to have noisy games in their shops, I guess. What so, was the name of that game again? I'm looking it up. Bow and Arrow. Oh, no, no, the, the magician game. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Thank you. Also, another little tidbit some pinball history. The dark earliest for pinball, the early 80s. Uh, there were 200,000. Let's see, there were okay. So, in the heyday of pinball, let's say the 70s, in the 70s, there were 200,000 games sold between all manufacturers between 78 in, in 1978. 200,000 games were sold in 1978. By 1983, that was down to 12,000, mostly due to video games taking over the market share. Wow, so 200,000 down to 12,000. So, that's why when you get the 83, 84, 85. There's a lot of real dogs that are turned out at that point because they had no money, no budget. Just it was gonna pinball was dying, so they put a lot of a lot of good old turds came out at that point. Here you go. You were talking about Night Rider in '76. Uh, Hocus Pocus came out in March of '76, three thousand eighty-six units. So it came out. Uh, there you go. Designed by uh, Greg Mayek. And art by Christian March. Is that how you say his last no, name? Christian March. Yep. Yep. There you go. Famous, famous guy. No, that's a. I, I know I played that game. Yeah, you know we played that game up in New Hampshire Pinball Collective or whatever that New Hampshire place. Okay, that, that you're right. I do remember that. Yep. 
I wasn't even going to okay. play it until Eric was playing with it. So, oh, you got to play this game. It's like, okay. It's like, oh, wow, this game actually is a fun game. So that was cool. So that what was that was Hocus Pocus. Then while I was down the Cape, I actually did another guy's house uh, in Brewster. This guy had, uh, he owns a business down there. Um, and he's got a nice uh, game room in his basement with, with a lot of high-end uh, 90s DMDs. So he had a Circus Voltaire. He had a junkyard, um, theater magic. That's the game I really like. Yep, you actually can get the game pretty cheap. That's not really. It's in the uh, redheaded stepchild section of the sh of the shop. Um, championship pub, and what name one of the game? That's it, right? Theater magic, circus Voltaire, junkyard, championship pub. Is one more? Some good games. By the door. That is the one by the junkyards by the door. I think that's it. So he yeah. did some day spying. Yeah, I did some day spies. So I did some day, basically concentrated on theater and magic. Need a lot of help. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, in medieval madness. That's the other one he had. Medieval madness. So we did a little bit on each one. It was like a two day day spa. Hit all the highlight reels. Spent most of the time on theater magic, but hit the other ones pretty much just to get him going. This guy kind of knows a little bit how to clean stuff, and he was actually helping us work while we're doing and stuff so you kind of was uh class participation you know uh which was fine um so that was cool did, did that i'm actually gonna go down and see him again and do more work on his uh on his theater of magic he wants to do uh even more work on it so so a tiger saw mod to make the saw spin i'm gonna put some new uh auto adjust um eddy sensors in the game that i got from my uh my buddy uh vic victor tan uh, he does some good board work. He makes some nice boards. Uh, let's see. After that, oh, I know. We came home. We worked on Monopoly uh, south of here, about an hour south of here. And this Monopoly came from Hasbro. And Hasbro makes Monopoly. From the company. Yeah. So, the company has, so, his, so in Rhode Island. So when, you know, it was originally Parker Brothers. Hasbro bought out Parker Brothers. So Hasbro sold the you know, rights to make the game for, for Stern to make Monopoly back, I think in 2003, 2004, I think somewhere around there. Yeah. It's an early Stern, early Stern. And, um, uh, they gave, they gave all the Hasbro stores, all the, I mean, all the Hasbro manufacturing plants, I, I think like several games, several Monopoly games. So I think they had about six of them in down Rhode Island where the main, um, manufacturing is. So I said over time, the guy I'm talking to, I guess he's he, he I think he's a manager down there or worked down there. He was some high end guy down there. Uh, he said that they just stopped working. And then after a while, you know, he saw them there, you know, they're getting be thrown out. He goes, whoa, whoa, don't throw. Oh, we already threw out three of them. So well, don't throw. Oh, out no, more. Really? Yeah, they tossed them. They just tossed them. So he said, no, I'll, I'll take those. So he took three of them. He put one in his house and one to his brother-in-law. Another one went to another family friend. And uh, so I basically, so it costed nothing. So he's willing to put some money in. So I oh, did if you get it for free. I mean, please. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, not, he was, I, not my favorite game. No. Well, when bad. I was done with, when I, we were done with it after like eight hours there, it, he was like, wow, this thing looks awesome. It's like, yeah, now, now it plays great. It's all brand new, all new rubber. You're all good to go. All clear. We put clear rubber on it. We LED it out. And uh, really made a nice game out of it. Um, it was all, it was all just trashed, but it, it came out really nice. We really put some new life into it. Uh, after that, oh, after that, uh, 
Uh, Aiden picked up the newly revamped. Oh, no, not him again. He picked up the captain. The captain's back home and haven't oh, heard anything. Go- no news is good news. So that's out of here. And then. Oh, okay. I'm thinking it's coming the other way. No, okay. no, 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 went, no. It, it was went, here. It went back to Nantucket. It went back. I went back. I got more calls in Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard now. People want me to go over there. Well, let's, let's talk about that because we talked about this the other day. I made the suggestion to Dave that he should publish, I'll come to your area. If you get enough people in a certain part of the, I'll say the East Coast, I won't make it the whole country. Maybe Dave will come visit you. So, you know, if you've got an issue and you want Dave to come do a restoration, call all your friends that you know who own pinballs in your general area, and maybe Dave will come do a, a service week. Yeah, because that's what we, we kind of been doing anyway. I, I basically lump a bunch of things are far away, like an hour and a half away, two hours away. I'll save a bunch of them in that area, and we'll do a workcation. We'll go up there. We'll get either a bed and breakfast or a hotel and spend at least several days up there and do a bunch of work and uh, and get 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 paid to uh, do some work and have some fun up there, a little workcation. So we're doing a lot of that. Um, down the Cape, been doing a lot of that up in New Hampshire. I'm actually just I did sit a Stern Indiana Jones up in New Hampshire and also an Adams family as part of our workcation up in Exeter up that way. And Indiana Jones, they both came out great. The Indiana Jones, uh, that guy was really uh very appreciative of, of uh giving a nice review after it's all said and done. And I guess he wants to he wanted to get some advice on buying another game and he wants to buy a new Stern. And he's either going to go for Mandalorian. Ooh, 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 well, ooh. you know, he wanted a Mandalorian or a... Oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, I know. Even believe I me. like that, no. No, no. no. Or Godzilla Premium. I said Godzilla well, well, Premium. Yeah, right. Well, that's the that's one to go even, for, dude. That's not even a race. Right. So, I mean, I think for new Stern games, that's the game to get. I think that's the best game they right, get. It's for. a hard game to get. And they'll be making that thing from now until the next millennium. I, I, I Yeah, I guess right now they're doing a build... Right now in November, well, November they're doing a build, and the premium is going to be ready for December delivery. He's going to get it in December. He wants me to go up there and set and unbox it, set it up for him, and and take all that. I told him about the crappy, cheapo Blackstone rubber they put on there and the cheap balls they put in there. He's like, "Oh yeah, have at it. Spend all day and put all clear rubber on it." Put oh, it I thought you were going to say, "Have at it and spend all you need to." Well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what. He, yeah, so he's. <laughs> He's 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 seen what what I can do with the game, so he wants me to do the same thing with this game. So there you go. Yeah. Okay, that sounds like fun. Oh yeah, and the hotel. I should tell you about the hotel. So no, I no, no, no. You're not going into the hotel thing. A little bit, just a little bit. Another PSA. Another okay. PSA. So if you have a uh, uh, Hilton or Hampton Inns, are owned by Hampton Hampton Inns, owned by Hilton. Just be advised, they use microfiber sheets. Microfiber is plastic. Pretty much polyester, not cotton. So we went up there and, you know, long day, gone to bed. It's like, why do I feel hot in these sheets? And I realized, like, this feels weird. Went downstairs, like, what's the deal? Do you, do you guys have any cotton sheets? Oh, no, no. Because of because of cooties the past couple of years, we, it's a lot safer to have plastic. So we went with, so Hilton made the decision to go plastic. It's like, well, I'm thumbsing down your plastic. And I want cotton sheets. These suck. These are cheap and they suck. Bring back cotton. And so I, I basically let them know in no uncertain terms. And they actually, the, the main office actually has emailed me several times. I haven't got back to them yet. Um, 
they gave me like 20,000 Hilton points, Hilton honors points. Like, no big deal. I can't use these. I don't like your freaking hotel because you stupid right. sheets. Change your policy. Can I see you and raise you? They think it's eco-friendly. It's green. I said, plastic isn't green, dude. But go ahead. Raise me. What do you got? Okay. So I went to New Hampshire last week uh, to retrieve the games. Went up on Sunday with my friend Jack. Picked them up in New Jersey. We stayed at a Marriott courtyard. And we registered, got in, and they said, you know, complimentary breakfast tomorrow morning. Okay, great. So tomorrow morning comes on, Monday morning, 6.30, we're down there, we're ready to roll. We don't have a cook. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, in the Marriott courtyards, they have a Starbucks. I said, okay, you know, normally there's coffee, I'll have a coffee. That'll be five dollars. Oh, I go. Where's the free part? Gotta be. <laughs> I, I went off. I went I over to the manager that was sitting there, and I said, "Listen, I said I know this isn't you, but I want you to send a message to your management." She had this whole thing. Well, you know, this is the way. I go. I don't care. I go. You <laughs> folks are nickel and diming <laughs> me to death. But here is the crazy thing: they charged me. Five dollars the night before for a parking spot. Oh, in that's Manchester, nice. New Hampshire, a five dollar parking spot. Wow. So, listen up, there, Marriott, Nickel and Hilton, and Dining. I like going there. They have nice sheets. The beds were good, but this Nickel and Dining BS has got to stop. I will say the Hilton Hampton did have free breakfast, and it was okay. They were raving about it, like, oh, it's a, it's a second coming kind of thing. They didn't have coffee, Dave. Yes, they had when coffee. Was the last all... time you were at a hotel and they didn't have comp coffee? This place had coffee, coffee all day City. all day long. As much coffee as you want to pour it down your throat. Right. So anyway, I was, I, was, I was fit to be tied. I said, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to throw it over the wall and give it to Janice. Because Janice stays in Marriott's all the time. Yeah. And they are not going to want the wrath of her. Right. I kind of warmed up. You know, I was kind of the starter pitcher. Right. And then the reliever came in. <laughs> and she will throw fastballs. <laughs> I, I will yeah, say, right. Points. Who cares? Who cares about the points? The points are worth, you know, who cares? I don't, yeah, I don't care. So I'm going to get back to him and say, no, the points are, are nothing. I, I'd like a, like a, a, a free a half price be good. Buy one, get one free. And that would be kind of nice. Stay tuned, folks, for the uh, bonus segment. I do a quick take on Maltese Brewing in Fredericksburg, uh, Virginia. Believe it or not, Dave, Modern Stearns at 50 cents a play. Wow. That's Owned by a couple of firemen. They weren't there. The owners weren't there. I wanted to do an interview, but I'll go back. I mean, beer was decent. Uh, 50 cents a play. They had all the, you'll hear the, the piece. They had everything. It was great. Um, also, I did an interview with Keith Christensen, which I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. He's the uh, founder of uh, the Houston Arcade and Pinball Show that's coming up, I believe, in a little over a week when you hear this. And uh, just want to say to everyone out there, stay lit and tilted. You can contact Dave and I at the Classic Pinball Podcast, numeral one at gmail.com.
you can make a request, you can make a comment, you can do just about anything. Dave, I'll uh, give you the last word. All right. Well, plenty more restorations to go here and uh, more coming in by the day, especially coming up to the Christmas time rush. But uh, been a blast again, George, doing this with you. I'm glad we both could carve out some time to do this. And I uh, wanted to say, everybody, uh, enjoy the upcoming holiday season. And uh, you can reach me at pinballdoctor.com. That's P-I-N-B-A-L-L-D-O-C-T-O-R.com. And you reach me at uh, Dave at pinballdoctor.com. And we do have uh, games in the restoration queue. Probably will have games for available for sale for Christmas, I believe. Might even have a World Cup soccer uh, home use only that I'm going to make really super sweet. That'll probably be available if I can have anything to say about it. Might even have another Gorgar. So uh, so stay tuned on that one. But anyone, uh, everybody stay blessed out there. And uh, I would say uh, drive fast and take chances. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. That's what, uh, another wrap. Oh, Well, we're on the road again in Fredericksburg, Virginia, playing at a new, to me anyway, brewery called Maltese, owned by firefighters. What a great place. Going to go through the uh, machines that are here. We've got a Black Pyramid, Foo Fighters, and Avengers. Uh, only You Only Live Twice, James Bond, you can hear in the background, along with a Black Knight. Mando, Galactic Tank Force, and Iron Maiden, Deadpool, Scared Stiff, and Venom. Believe it or not, most of these games are a quarter. That's right. You heard me right. One quarter. So I'm going to play a little bit of uh, James Bond, and I'll get back to you after I'm done. I have a recurring guest, Keith Christensen. He was episode 12 and he is the person who brings the Houston Arcade and Pinball Expo live from Houston, Texas. Welcome, Keith. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing terrific, Keith. I uh, appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy day to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the expo that's coming up in, uh, I guess, 28 days. Yeah, oh my God, don't even remind me. <laughs> Well, I just did. So why don't you tell me what's going on pre-show, and we'll uh, we'll get into uh, a little bit about the show. Um, I was a guest of yours, believe it or not, four years ago, October 23rd, 2019, episode 12. Um, that was a lot of fun. I, I, I really enjoy your show, and uh, my wife and I are going to be driving across the country uh, to come visit you next month. Oh, excellent. That is awesome. I love it. Many, many years ago, me and my buddy, Callan, you know, we were having parties and get-togethers at our houses, and we decided, hey, let's, uh, I was like, you know, I, I did sound over this place called Fitzgerald's um, in Houston back in the 90s. Let's uh, see if we can put a show together and throw, you know, throw a great, you know, fun party. And, uh, he was like, okay, yeah. And so we, we brought all of our games to a little club at 
Fitzgerald's in Houston and uh, set it all up and had a bunch of people came out and, you know, had to slam, load everything in the morning, do the show, load everything, you know, out the next day. And then uh, that was it. Did that for a couple of years, nearly killed us. And then I was like, well, heck, let me find a hotel. And so I found a hotel and we got a hotel and that was much nicer because then you could sleep. (laughs) You know, uh, you have a place to crash. But, um, and just slowly started uh, gaining momentum and just kind of let it organically grow into what it is today. And, um, and which is, I think, a, a unique uh, gaming experience for sure. It's definitely a very unique show. I've done other podcasts with other shows and. The thing that I like about this show is it's not just pinball. You certainly have video games as well. You do a lot of console stuff. But the musical entertainment is great. You have your band. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Marco, uh, I'm guessing, is going to be there again this year. They do a terrific job in bringing all the latest and greatest games. If you're looking to play pinball, I never waited more than – a minute to play anything at this show. And it is a busy show. You draw a lot of people from the greater Houston area and beyond. This is true. Now, this year, Marco is not coming. Oh, no. But the local distributor, Joysticks Amusements, will be bringing all the pins. So we'll so have... Do you have, a, do you have a heads up on... Some of the newer games that they might. Play. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll have we'll have Venom there. We'll have uh, you know the Foo Fighters. Um, you know we'll have all, all, all the uh, up to date Stern stuff for sure. And um, um, the you know the deal was is that basically you know they go into markets and they work with the local vendor. You know, and in reality, the vendor should be doing it. You know, because it's all. You know, um, at the end of the day, so that's that's why joysticks is kind of taking over, taking over the torch. But we will definitely we'll have Stearns there. Uh, do you think you'll have any of the latest uh, Jersey Jack games or any of the other vendors that are out there? American Pinball, Chicago Pinball, etc. We'll definitely have um, the uh, latest Godfather. Yeah, we'll have some. Yeah, because uh, he'll also bring a few Jersey Jacks uh, to the show as well, because uh, he's a distributor for them as well. Um, not quite sure American Pinball. Um, keep texting. I mean, emailing them every year. They used to send us swag and some stuff to to give out, but I don't know. They're, I don't. You know, when Joe 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 was working over there, it was a lot easier for me to talk to them and stuff, so I don't know. <laughs> um, there's going to be uh, Multimorphic will be there with their uh, Weird Al and uh, was it Total Resistance, the Scott Danazi uh, creation. They'll be showing that off, and then we'll also have the um, some mystery thing happening. <laughs> some mystery thing happening from from them? Not from them. From another company. 
Pinball Company. Yeah, well, okay, now, now you piqued my curiosity. So are we looking at potentially breaking news that there might be a new pinball company coming to the market? Uh, I think you've probably seen a lot of explanation points if you've been perusing Facebook and social media. This doesn't have anything to do with the flipper stickers, does it? Slippers. <laughs> there, There is a sticker that has shown up at multiple shows and gatherings. It's a flipper with a pinball. And oh, flipper with a pinball, yeah. It, it makes about what it, that is. It makes an explanation point. Is that you talking ah, about? It's the pinball ah. with the flipper pointing down. Explanation point. Oh, so that's so that's big news. Okay, I have. Uh, I, I'm not one to uh, to go out on social media, so that's news to me. That's ah. great. So good. Something yeah. to look forward to. And there should be. They, they've. Um, you haven't seen the trailer yet. I haven't seen anything. I think somebody sent it to me recently. I'll give a shout out to my uh, good friend in Australia, Grant. He seems to be our uh, news media expert and sends me texts and emails saying, hey, have you seen the following? But um, my audience knows, you don't know. I'm in the middle of moving. Actually, I'm day two in my new home. Last you spoke to me, I lived in New Hampshire. I am now a resident of Virginia. Oh, so congratulations. So we moved into a brand new home yesterday. Uh, as we speak, I've got a tree crew outside taking some trees down because I have a pool being put in next month. Oh, excellent. I love my pool. <laughs> well, I'm going to love mine. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So there's a lot well, of stuff going on here in Virginia. Okay. Well, to get you up to speed, there is – a trailer out there for a company called Barrels of Fun Pinball, and they're putting out the Labyrinth Pinball. I did happen to see a photo. This is now I'm not familiar with the movie, but I believe David Bowie was in that movie. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, okay. So I I have seen that. I haven't seen the trailer. I haven't seen the pinball. I guess I'm going to have to do some homework and. Folks, just to bring you up to speed, this will be part of probably several segments, um, again, from last month. I'm kind of trying to push things in and out to, to get a podcast out in the month of October. And uh, so I'll, uh, I'll talk to my podcast partner, Dr. Dave, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about that game. Yeah. No, that uh, it, it's uh, – from uh, what I've seen, it, it looks fairly uh... – uh, awesome. So, well, I, I think you should tell the audience a little bit about your collection. And I know you're going to be busy as could be, you know, in the days leading up to the show. You did extend an invitation to me. You probably don't remember um, that uh, you have a large barn or garage of some sort with how many pinball machines? Oh, so. Um, yeah, so I kind of started collecting in 96 and kind of grew the collection, uh, finding what you know deals I can out there throughout the years. And I've gone up to 106 oh pinballs. Um, How many of those are actually coming to the show? 
we will be bringing about 43 of those. So let my audience know what are some of the... 100, 104 games. What are some of the rare titles that we might not see at other shows? So I have I have my collection of two areas. One area is I built a, a house, basically, two-story house uh, by my pool. It's like a pool house with an outdoor kitchen, and then we have 43 pinballs set up there. And that's oh, wow. more, more of the you know, kind of modern stuff. I got like Pirates of Jersey Jack, Pirates of the Caribbean, LE. I got uh, the new James Bond, which is a great pin. Um, I love that game. Yeah, I, everybody was just game. gave it so much, you know, stink when it first came out. And I was like, man, Gomez is genius. We're going to, it's going to rock. I have all the faith and, and it is, it's, it's just doing great. Um, so, you know, I got the latest um, spooky Scooby-Doo, which it, it plays kind of, you know, slow and, and groovy, but I, I kind of like it. I, I love that game. It's, it's a yeah, great game. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan, but hey. Yeah, no, no, no. To each, Every, everybody has their, you know, their favorites. To each their own. I mean, that, to me, it's a bit of nostalgia. It's a beautiful game. It, it, I think it plays the way it should. I like it. You know, because everything can't be a Stern. You know, everything can't be a Godzilla, right? So that's that's true. Uh, and I like to have variety. So there you go. Um, let's see. What am I bringing? Um, well, we are a classic pinball podcast, so you know, stick to some of the maybe classic titles that you might be bringing. See, I'm a big DMD collector. I am five away from completing all the Bally Williams DMDs from the 90s. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Um, yes. The um, the last ones I need are um, Dirty Harry, Congo, NBA Fast Break. Once I get NBA Fast Break or Congo, I'll have all the WPC-95s. The original ones, not the remakes. Jackbot. Oh, Whitewater. So do you want to put a shout-out to our audience and say, hey, if you've got a collector-quality game? Yeah, no, game? well, hey, I'll take I'll take uh, something that needs a little work, too, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not... <laughs> I'm not I'm not uh I'm not a super rich guy, so I'm not looking for you know, I'm looking for something I can get and uh we could dig into and make it make it nice, you know what I'm saying? So uh, absolutely. We're doing something a little untraditional too, audience. I tried to connect with Keith via uh Spotify for podcasters and we kept getting dropped out for whatever reason. And it might be on my end, it might be on his end, but whatever the reason. Keith is doing this recording for us. So uh, yep. Another first. So we're we're all about firsts here. Hey, we, you know, uh, we we stretch the envelope wide. It's it's all about solutions. Yeah, that's that's it. it well, it, you're you're in you're in the communications business. Right? Yeah, yeah. We have a data center, and we do we do hosted voiceover IP. But uh, and I take that approach with the show too. It's all about solutions. I mean, you you know, you get there, you think you have everything planned out. Nothing ever goes the way you think it's going to go and so you're constantly creating solutions to you know fix the sound problem fix a problem with this vendor do you know you know it's just all kind of trying to make you know win-win solutions for everybody 
real stressful up until it opens, and then everything's just like, okay, all right, <laughs> let's go. Well, that's a good segue. Let's uh, let, let's put the pitch in there for a few minutes. Um, the show is coming in November. The dates are Friday the 10th, Saturday the 11th, and uh, Sunday, November 12th. It's being held at the Marriott West Chase. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, great hotel. Uh, great layout. A lot of great people. There's food nearby. Rooms are are really nice. Um, I think it's a great venue for for a, a pinball event. Um, we just did a couple of shows uh, in Massachusetts, and they went to a new hotel, much better hotel than the last. The last hotel they were in in Surbridge, Massachusetts, I would call the Roach Motel. Mm. Um, they they've definitely you know. They've definitely upped their game, but your hotel is even better than that. I mean, it's a beautiful Marriott. Yeah, no, we've uh, we've uh, worked with them now since I think our first show there was 2017. So, um, and we've had plenty of uh, Roach hotels, you know, on the way up. So, <laughs> well, it's, it's it's tough. I mean, you try to explain to people who aren't into pinball, you know, what your audience is. And your audience is certainly a little bit different than the audience I just experienced. Um, but you have a big vendor area, lots of stuff to buy. Uh, like I said, the musical part, I don't remember. I remember you, and I remember, help me, the guy who plays the Atari console. Atari Matt. He was, yeah. He oh, was, he's he awesome. Was, he was great. He was great. But I don't remember who else you had in 2019. I don't think it was the Harp Twins. No, no, Harp but Twins I might be are mistaken. Harp Twins kind of come every other year. They really like the show, uh, and then they play in the speaker room, and then they're out to meet and greet, you know, you know, their 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 well, you know, their fans audience, and whatnot. Excuse me for for our audience. Explain who the Harp Twins are because they're pretty unique. So, um, yeah, the Harp Twins. <clears throat> they are uh, they are you know twins that um are harpists and uh they started doing um you know videos on you know YouTube and whatnot and they started doing covers of Iron Maiden and you know uh ACDC and just all this stuff but with harps and they're uh and they're both just you know gorgeous beautiful young ladies and they uh very very funny and at the time iron maiden came out and i came across them and i was like god what if they came and played you know this is iron maiden just came out that'd be kind of fun and i reached out to them and lo and behold i said yeah sure we'll come on down and they came down and we had a had a great show and uh they've been coming back kind of kind of like every other year you know you know is your band gonna play as well uh yeah, yeah, we'll be playing um uh Saturday night during the uh, Radio Cult. Radio Cult comes from Atlanta, uh and they come and they do some originals and covers and then actually members of the audience kinda come up and jam with them. Last year we had uh Lance and Catherine from Last Starfire came up and played a few songs with them, which was fun and then 
Tim Kitzrow and some other pinball um, folk got up there and jammed out with them. And I'm hoping John Bohr gets up there. Last year he he, he missed it, but uh, hopefully he'll get up there and do some jamming with them. But anyway, during their set, we'll come up and uh, kind of jam with them. We'll do about four songs. Uh, the band's called Loaded Popcorn. I think and they were the band that I saw. Radio Cult? Uh, it was either them or Loaded Popcorn. I don't know, maybe both. I, well, again, yeah, Loaded Popcorn is my and... band. Okay, okay. Well, I definitely saw them, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and we, we have songs about, uh, you know, about pinball and, you know, being, you know, uh, kind of well, arcade no, collector. You're a great front, you're a great front man. Oh, thank you. You're a great front man. So, I didn't realize John Borg, he's one of your... Uh, guest speakers i guess i didn't realize he was a musical talent as well yeah he he plays guitar and then jerry thompson um who does all the uh audio engineering i mean audio stuff for for stern now you know a lot of games he did godzilla and you know, a whole list of games he's going to be here and he's actually uh was lived in houston was a dj and he's a drummer so I'm, i fully expect him to get up there and jam with uh, radio call on saturday night as well Folks, so you're hearing a really, really unique show. Um, the show we just went to, again, I keep referencing, um, they had a Foo Fighters cover band, and they had this band, uh, forgive me, I don't remember the name, but they're a horn band, 15-piece, that did all kinds of arcade and pinball-related songs. They were mm-hmm. great. Some people liked them. I'm a horn guy, so I really was into them. That um, sounds awesome. And you, and you mentioned earlier... Uh, you said Scott Denesi. I call him Scott Denesi. Tomato, tomato, potato. potato yeah, been, we all know who he is. I, I usually just call him Scott D. <laughs> there you go. But he's a DJ. Yeah, he'll be DJing records. Friday, Friday night. Either he'll be DJing Friday night or using his uh, modular synth system. He has a little portable modular synth where he can program up. You know, a lot of the sounds like he did in Total nuclear annihilation and you know whatever his his music and then he'll he'll kind of get like a electronic uh kind of dance beat going and stuff and start playing with it and doing different uh groovy electronic stuff so he'll be doing that or he'll be djing on friday night um let's talk about midnight on saturday night i don't remember what you call it but i certainly rock disco that was Keith, yes, that was the most fun, and the people just go nuts. I haven't, well, I haven't found it yet. We've got it's like Christmas here at my house. There's lots of boxes, but I have one of your gnomes. You get uh, one of the gnomes. Did you get a captain's hat? And I, and I also have one of the uh, lightsabers. Oh, excellent. So, Good. So those are those are around my pinball machine. They're just like, what are those things? And you know, go through the story of the Houston, you know, the Houston Expo. It's great. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. So that's what I mean. That's what, so during the day, you know, that's kind of the quiet time. We'll have a little music going, but not real loud. And then night, we start, you know, cranking the bands, and you know, we have a. Uh, you know, a great thing on Saturday night where it's the Yacht Rock Disco. We do a big, sh- you know, uh, non-alcoholic champagne toast. And um, 
we you know hand out hat, captain's hats and lays, and we start playing the best of yacht rock and '70s disco. I'll be you know DJing, and uh, we'll have a limbo contest in there at some point. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to find you before you start throwing them out and get my captain's hat. Yeah, do, yeah, uh, just, to just, complete just go, my collection. Go get me. Um, and so we did that on Saturday night. Um. And then we're we're kind of skipping around, so I'm, I'm I'll just give you an overview of the the whole entertainment deal. So uh, Friday we have um, a guy coming out from uh, New Orleans, and he does uh, some some electronic like Friday night's like our electronic night. So he does does some electronic modular synth stuff, you know, to to music, you know, of um, you know of the uh, you know arcade and pinball, and then you know Scott will be doing his set. And then we'll be doing um, this guy called uh, JG and the Robots, where he dresses up as it, he looks just like you know, like a robot from T2 or something, and he goes and does all these uh, EDM kind of dance stuff, and uh, it's an incredible show. And then Atari Matt's going to play with his uh, 2600s, where he makes his own kind of punk rock uh, electronic music with Atari 2600s. And then we have the 80s dance night, and we'll be handing out 80s glasses, 80s wristbands, you know, 80s, you know, kind of fun stuff. And we'll be playing, you know, new wave and pop and kind of underground dance stuff on Friday night. And then Saturday, we'll have um, a local DJ, Chris Lowe, is going to play. And then a band out of New Orleans called Consortium of Genius, and they uh, basically dressed up there like Mad Scientists and a great fun band. Uh, they have their own originals and some covers they do. And then we have uh, Radio Duran Duran, which is a Duran Duran cover band, which is the best I've ever experienced in my life. And they're going to be doing a, an hour and a half set of just duran duran stuff if you like duran duran and then that's when radio cult comes after them and that's they do their set and then we kind of do up you know people from the audience come and play and then we at midnight we do the yacht rock disco and that just goes till whenever and so the game room is all open while this is going on and people are playing and so we don't really have a hard shut it says on the website 2 a.m but we typically will go to three or four o'clock in the morning and um, people are playing the pinballs and we're jamming and it's just it's just a, a great time folks if you haven't figured out by now this is this is a spectacular pinball party this is not just come and play pinball and you know go off into the sunset this is an actual party it is unlike anything i've ever seen and it's the reason I'm traveling a couple thousand miles to get out there in November. Um, I wouldn't do it for any other show, probably. This is, uh, I'd like it to be a yearly thing. We'll see. Um, you know, something got in the way the last couple of years. I know you've been open, but it's, you know, it's been tough for me to do that. But I, I, Keith is a great host. He has one of the most spectacular shows that I've ever seen. Uh, the one note. I have to talk about this before I forget about it. The one notable thing that happened in 2019, and I think it's been forgotten, is 
you had a game that was brand new, and I think they only made five of them. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is this is sometimes controversial, controversial, but um, Raza Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland. Yeah. I had the opportunity to play it. You can go back and listen to I think episode twelve or thirteen. I talk, I give a review. I didn't think it was the greatest game in the world, but I'm wondering who has those five games. Do you have any idea? Do you have one? So no, no, no. I wish. I mean, it was kind of cool, unique game. Um, definitely needed a lot more, you know, code work and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that that was Deep Root. They were out of San Antonio, and um, turned out that you know he he got hired a bunch of pinball designers, got all into pinball, and it turned out he was a I guess had a investor pyramid scheme going on. Yeah, he had the Ponzi thing going. Yeah, Ponzi scheme. And then, um, you know, the house of cards fell down finally, and then they auctioned all that stuff off. And uh, some of the – I remember reading in Pinside that some of the people who, you know, pre-bought some of these games ended up um, – they, they uh, auctioned off some of the IP and stuff like that, and they got some money back. So – Rumor has it there's some guy out there who owns some of the IP or some of the stuff, and they may or may not be remaking it. Um, and a few collectors got actual machines. I don't know. I, maybe it'll poke its poke its head up at some point. But um, well, hey, I'm uh, I'm ruffling the trees right now. Maybe something will shake loose. One yeah. thing I, I don't want to forget as well about your party atmosphere is. You also do a whole cosplay thing. Yes. Yeah, we have a whole cosplay contest. We started that, oh, 2015, and um, it's great. We have, um, you know, we just we we'll, we'll pull in a couple of um, of our guests, which one of them is uh, Cindy Morgan. She was in Tron and in Caddyshack. I don't know if you remember her. Um, also in Falcon. I'm not familiar. So, uh, not familiar with her. Well, somebody out there will be familiar with her, but she'll be there, and we'll we'll get them to come and judge, and then everybody's kind of lines up, and then the audience comes and hangs out by the uh, sound booth, and uh, people come and do their um, you know cosplay stances and whatnot, and then um, you know we judge them, they win a trophy, and uh, it's all it's all good time. I and, have a, I have a pic I have a picture from 2019 with. The dude. Do you remember him? Oh yeah. He looks exactly like the dude. That's my buddy Sammy. He's from uh Lake Charles. Yeah, he was looking good. Is he gonna be is he gonna be there again? He'll be there again, but I don't know maybe he'll be I'll 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 uh, I'll see if I can drop him a line and say, Hey, you got some fans of the dude. <laughs> let's so. uh, let's let's do I know you're not involved in this. I know it's uh, Space City who uh does the tournament. And unfortunately, folks, I did want to play in the tournament, but gasped. Uh, I didn't realize the sign-up, with all the things going on in my world, I didn't realize the sign-up was in early September. So I'm on the uh, the waiting list. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to play. But they do a terrific – I mean, my wife was so addicted to that tournament when we were there. And she's, she never plays any of my pinball. But mm-hmm. – Competition, she just was into the people and watching people play. And uh, 
I actually didn't do too bad, and I didn't lose. I think it's in my uh, in one of the podcasts. I played a three or four year old, and I said to myself, "George, you can't lose to a three or four year old." <laughs> and, I did, and I did, and I didn't. I didn't. But that was another memory from your show. Yeah, that Space City guys, they they are. Um, I, I just they they've built uh, a, a pinball tournament empire. I mean, they've uh, um, they have several monthly tournaments that go on throughout the city, and um, they may. I, I have a second uh, location at my office where I've built a second arcade because I have so many pinballs and arcades. Um. And called Gandalf's, and uh, hopefully they'll be doing a tournament over there as well. Um, well, they got a week. They've got a week's worth of tournaments leading up. Yeah, to... so they're so they're leading. So our, the 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 tournament at Gandalf's was actually the considered the the kickoff for the um, the Space City, you know, the uh, Space City Open at you know Houston Arcade Expo season and so now they're everything's kind of leading up to the um uh the show the, the big tournament there and so they'll have they have some stuff going up to that and then like you said that week before a lot of people fly in early or drive in early they stay the whole week here in Houston and they play all these little smaller tournaments kind of leading up to the big one so the one the one place i remember is Einstein's pub yep Yep, that's a great uh, it place. Seems like they're having one there. They're starting those tournaments. I went out and looked. They start the tournaments on Sunday night, so it sounds like Whopper Town for all week for all those people who are, you know, into heavy tournament play. Um, I looked at the list. Who's who's the the person uh, whose name escapes me? Who's the person who's responsible for Space City? Uh, so Phil. Phil, that's it. Yeah, Phil. Phil, Phil yeah, he started it. Then now they have a whole council, you know, of elders, pinball tournament elders that run it. You know, the Dronays, uh, David, Mark Gammon, and a whole bunch of people that that are, are kind of filling in and helping, you know, spread the gospel. So, well, I hope some of those people hear this broadcast. I'd really, really, really would like to play in the tournament. Uh, even though I'm not very good, you can take my sixty dollars and. Uh, I'll make the deposit, but I'd like to be in the tournament. So if somebody does hear it from Space City, you know, maybe you can inch me up the list a little bit. <laughs> no, well, I, I, I'm not in. I'm, I'm a, I'm a collector, not a, a, a you know, in a, a fun player. I, I haven't really delved into the, the tournament action, although uh, it's definitely fun. It's definitely fun. It, Which. I, the, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I've met a lot of really great people. Everybody made you feel like home. People looked at me and said, the last time when I was living in New Hampshire, they're like, you came all the way from New Hampshire to come to this show? I said, I did. Oh, and we got, I, and I'm very glad, we and got I'm very people glad coming from Mexico City. Uh, I met this dude who I'm friends with Facebook now. came from Sweden. I think he's coming again. <laughs> so... Um, you know, it's it's definitely a rock and roll pinball show. Back, I mean, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, people were like, you know, it, it was us and really the the the, the Dallas show kind of going, and people were complaining. They're you know like, oh, it's just too loud, and there's a band, and you know, and just getting up. And our solution was 
to bring more bands in, you know. So, you know, if 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 you don't, you know, yeah, and, and we do provide earplugs, you know. So we're we're all about hearing safety and make sure everybody takes care of their hearing, but also we're all, you know also about having a good time and not not being so in, stiff. So, if you're into partying, if you're into pinball, if you're into music, and you know, maybe like to partake in a drink or two. Uh, this is definitely the show to attend. I, I, that's that's our mission statement. How do we make the show more fun? <laughs> so that that that's our mission statement in our uh, our corporate documents. So, folks, so. if you're hearing this, uh, this will probably be out in a couple of weeks. If you're looking to strap on the fun bag. This is the show to attend. Keith, did I miss anything? I think we went yeah, through everything. Yeah, so so today at noon there's going to be an announcement. So I guess I can say it now because we're so close. But that labyrinth pinball from Barrels of Fun is going to be at the Houston show. So Perfect. And I look will, forward to that. Yeah, that, and that's a local Houston company making these these uh pinballs and actually phil oh i didn't realize that yeah and phil is actually uh worked on the rule set so he's actually uh you know designing his you know his first pinball so it's pretty 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 exciting stuff will they have a seminar or or some kind of announcement at the show will they do something along those lines well, I mean, I don't think it'll be an announcement for the show, but they will definitely have a seminar. We'll have games to play. They'll have swag and and stuff like that. So, 18 minutes or so, <laughs> they're going to announce it today. So, but you know, your podcast will come, you know, a little bit after that. But I just, you know, wanted to let everybody know another new machine. Well, all all my podcasting brethren will be all over that. We're we try to concentrate more on classic machines, but we do talk about all the latest announcements. Maybe yeah, not no. in depth like not in depth like everybody else, but my know, my we, favorite we, we give stuff. You know, my my favorite stuff is the stuff I grew up with. You know, um, you know, I have distinct remem- memories of playing Flash when I was at the seven local Seven Eleven back in the you know um, early eighties and stuff, and you know just playing all these different, you know, high speed, you know, growing up and all the video games and my local arcades and just so many memories. And it's, it's so weird how, when you play them and you kind of reconnect in a way and it's, it's, it's really cool. And that's kind of all the time. It takes you back in time. I'm a little bit older than you are. So I'm a little pre that, you know, mid seventies up until the early eighties, my collection, I have a dozen or 13, I think, uh, classic Valley machines. Oh, nice. So I've got to go. Awesome. Uh, actually, in two days, I'm headed back to uh, New Hampshire to retrieve all those games and bring them to Virginia. And uh, one thing I want to say to the audience, folks, don't, if you don't have a big truck, Trucking games 500 miles is not an inexpensive endeavor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. I mean, I had to rent a car. I had to get a hotel room. I had to rent a one-way 
20 foot, you know, truck. It's, you know, the never ending pile of money, but you know what? I love, I love my pinball machines. I haven't had, that's what I'm about to say. Yeah. I was about to say at the end of the day, it's all worth it. You know, I got, I got a call from a buddy of mine, Tari Matt called me and said, Hey dude, I got somebody in a warehouse. that has got six, you know, or seven, seven, you know, pinball machines, you know, what's up? And it was like 106 degrees outside, and so I had to go. I had a truck, but I had to go rent a big trailer. And then next thing you know, I'm driving hundreds of miles to West Texas, and it was a 106 degrees in the warehouse. And I brought my two boys with me, and we we're here breaking down these old, you know, Xenon and Dark I got Knight, one of them. Black Knight and uh, Teed Off and. Um, Bone Busters, which is actually kind of kind of a unique Gottlieb title. I, we're I'm bringing that to the show this year. Um, you know, breaking all this stuff down and uh, loading it up. And at the end, you know, my kids were boys were like, "Oh, that was kind of fun," you know, because I hadn't been on a warehouse raid in a while, and, it, and I was just I, I love it, you know. So anyway, yeah, they seem they seem to be fewer and far between because uh, I, I think a lot of that happened uh, probably ten or more years ago. There was a a run on that. You don't hear of them that often, but when they do happen, you know, it, it, it's like Christmas. It's like, okay, what am I going to get this year? Yeah, this no, I, I love it when, it's always fun. when collectors, you know, get out there and find stuff. I love watching it. It's, you know, warehouse porn for me, you know, see all the stuff that they find. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of flippers that were in that, that pocket there. And that's all they did. They went around and just, just like scored, you know, taking anything they can and just flipping it for years, you know, and just um, kind of takes the joy out of it. But, but, but then again, they may have saved, a, you know, saved some stuff too, because, you know, because people didn't, you know, people were ready to throw some of this stuff away, you know? So we hear the stories all the time. We've had them, uh, Time and time again in our podcast. I'm going to give you the last word. If I've forgotten something, or if you want to pitch again, have at it. Uh, come on, guys, come on down to the Houston show and let let's have a good time and uh, come get your hat, captain's hat, and play pinball with your your friends and family and make new friends and just you know let's expand the hobby and and, and be inclusive and and uh, peace, love, and pinball, right? So there you go. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch and say, uh, my wife works for a large computer company in your area. I don't want to identify who they are, but you probably do know who they are. Um, and her management team thought it was interesting that I collected, and they want to come to the show. Oh. They are not pinball people, so I'm gonna bring a handful of people in that have never experienced the Houston show. They oh. didn't even know it existed. Believe it or not, they didn't even know it existed. I know. I, just, I, I know. All the efforts, it's like yesterday I'm driving across town, dropping flyers off, you know, I'm, you know, trying to promote stuff. And, you know, then also I'm, I'm kind of practicing my DJ moves because I'm DJing Friday night and, you know, Saturday night. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, and then people are like, what, what's the – no, I don't know. And then there's some people that know where a pinball is. And next thing you know, they get in there, they uh, they'll see an Atari or something um, that they love. And oh, we're gonna have some some killer vintage computers, which is gonna be 
one uh one group out of Dallas. Uh, I kind of helped them put on their vintage computer show. I kind of gave them some, you know, just consulted with them. And they're bringing down a Soviet era PC, which I'm excited to to check out because I've never I never seen any of that that old technology there. So. Um, uh, if when when I see you out in Houston, remind me to tell you uh, about the eighties when I worked for a certain computer company. Oh, um, I'd love, I'd love I, hearing I all these feeling, stories. I have a feeling some of my boxes ended up, uh, behind the high, behind the iron curtain. Oh, wow. That, that, that's really cool. Yeah. I'd, I'd love all the stories about Tandy and stuff like that. But, but in saying all that, it, I think people come, they're like, Oh, I'm a console guy. Let's go look at the old consoles. And then they play a pinball and then they get sucked into pinball. Or the pinball guys go in there and they go, oh man, really? Oh yeah, because Apple IIe, I used to love that. And the next thing you know, they're buying the Apple IIe and they got it set up at their house. So I think the gaming community cross-pollinates and that's part of uh, what we like to do at this show is, you know, kind of kind of spread the gospel that way, for sure. I want to thank you. This went a little bit longer than I would have thought, but it was a great conversation. Yes, sir. Uh, no, I can look forward. I could talk all day. Just keep going now. <laughs> Toe, the toe, toe cutter and, and night rider, the toe sucker. Yeah, the toe. No, the toe sucker. The toe cutter. <laughs> that's a different movie, George. That's a whole no, different movie. No, it was a toe sucker. Sorry, no, that's a different movie. I think it's uh. Okay. <laughs> Hey fellas, you okay? Technology, Big Popper. Technology, you okay? Ruth? Charlie? Do you see me, Coke Cutter? Do you see me, man? <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. We're okay. We. Why do we put up with it, George? Why do we go on year after year being treated like the robots? Because we are not robots, we are cogs. Only small cogs in a very large machine. They feed raw material here, and somewhere down the line, money pours up. Of course, I've never seen any of it, but I do have it on good authority. This joker's not only stupid, he's a moron, besides. I heard that. Thanks for the compliment. Dave! Who? Dave! D-A-V-E! Yeah, Dave! Dave! Right. <laughs> Who do you call when you want your pinball machine restored? you're saying you're under their control hasta la vista baby